Parked Up. Powered by Race Fuels. Now, Grant, I'm not sure about the music. Parked Up, was that your voice? No. <laughs> I think it was, mate. It was. But it's bad. beautiful what some filters can do, you know, to make you sound sexy. But did you hear that? Parked up. Yeah. Actually, I did put a little, I gave it a little bit of fruit. You don't like it? Yeah, I reckon we can tune it up a little bit. Good okay. idea. Like, I like what we're trying to do there, but I'm not sure whether that was, but it was better than the one that you showed me the other day, which was actually like full on porno music. <laughs> well, you were uh, doing the, uh, doing some porn related music to, to start us up from uh, past couple of episodes. So, um, yeah, uh, if anyone's got any suggestions about how we can uh, kick off Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels, then uh, we're happy to hear your suggestions. All right. What episode are we up to this week? 14. 14. This is it. 14 who's, who's weeks number 14? Of... Uh, Slady? Oh, no, not anymore. It used to be. BJR. Any famous number 14s? Oh, there's lots of famous number 14s. Uh, there's no current number 14 in the Supercars Championship, sure? I believe. It's. I think Brad Jones used 14 Yeah, I think Brad while, Jones does. It, what are you looking through there? I'm just looking through a uh, Supercars media guide to um, <laughs> make it seem like I'm uh, right on the pace. But I do like the number 14 and I like it that we've got this far into being parked up. And we're, uh, we're starting to go racing. You know what? Next, next week we'll do a podcast and there will be some racing to talk about yeah i am absolutely uh thrilled and excited that supercars is coming back sydney motorsport park well it will be this week by the time the podcast comes out and just really excited to see how they roll it out what the interest level is like i mean everybody's been doing this online racing and that's been great to fill the void but you know it's not the real thing is it grant no, we're, uh, we're going real racing, real car racing, and it'll happen this week at Sydney Motorsport Park. And I think we'll actually change the day that we do our Parked Up, you reckon? Should yeah, we do Mondays? We'll do it Monday and roll it out on Tuesday? Yeah, we could do that. Okay. All right, let's do that. Good. Let's do that. It's better than a Friday night because I want to get home early on a Friday. Yep. Okay. So... This, this episode, let's talk about this episode. We've got two cool guests. Right. Rihanna Korean. Okay. Supercars commentator. Yep. Uh, pit lane reporter. Will Davos, Miso. Yes. Yep. Great chicks. Been hanging around the paddock for a long time uh, in in a number of roles. Well, certainly two roles. One was originally as the Supergirl. What did they called it something? Do you remember? It would have been like Supercars <coughs> Grid Girl something or other. We probably could have done some research, but really, that was a great way for her to get exposure inside the sport. Yep. But it became pretty evident pretty quick that she had bigger aspirations. And she is in the pit lane generally and has been for almost a decade now, yep. calling the shots from inside the pit garages. She's definitely part of the establishment. It's- she won't be at Sydney Motorsport Park, though. So we thought we'd grab her to see how her COVID story's gone and also double whammy for those guys with yeah. uh, with Will Davo also not being there as well. So Yeah, that is shame. a real shame and a big change in their household. They do quite good social media updates, though. So I feel like I know exactly what they've been doing over the COVID time. Like, Will's been living on the simulator. Rihanna's been cooking his dinner and making sure he's fed and watered. Running as well. Running on the Zwift, on the bike. Like, they do a huge amount of exercise. 
sunning themselves in Queensland. It makes me sick. It really hasn't been that tough for them, but <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look doesn't look tough. No. But um, I'm sure when we when we do speak to her, she'll give us a, a good insight into the highs and lows of COVID nineteen in the in the Davison house. I think though, like if you think about it for a second, it'd be quite a challenging task. Her role, she's obviously married to a racing driver, but then she goes and interviews. And it might not be Will who wins the race and has to act happy that <laughs> old mate's just won the race and beaten her husband or maybe even taken him out of the race. So it's probably a fine balance there at times to try and be, uh, you know, sit on the fence and uh, just do her job. So she's quite professional at what she does, though. Yeah, no, she's very professional. If there was any complaints about someone in that position who was taking advantage of it, you'd hear it. Mm. But you've, I've never heard anyone ever sook about it. So... Credit to Rihanna, and we're looking forward to talking to her. We're also going to talk to the man, the myth, Taz Douglas. Tazzy D. Haven't uh, seen Taz for a number of years. Of course, the last time we saw him, he was driving for Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport in the Supercars Championship, and we haven't, we just haven't seen him since. He has an unbelievable story. Yep. He's been through the high, forget COVID, he's been yeah. through highs and lows like no other man ever has before and always with a smile, yep. always with that cheekish grin and, uh, and and funny outlook on life. So He's a great character yep. and his old man, Stu, is oh, an Stu absolute balls. legend. G'day, bloke, how you going? Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely talk to him about his dad because he, he is uh, an absolute legend as well. I kind of miss having those, yeah, those guys absolutely. around the paddock. Absolutely. I mean, I've grown up with Taz um, in karting and, you know, so I, I obviously know him really, really well. But when you mentioned the other day, let's get Taz on the show, I thought to myself, what the hell's he been up to? You know, where did he go? We're going to find out. Perfect. We're going to find well out. Well done, Grant. I like these ideas. Excellent. And the I thought we'd start a new section as well. We actually mentioned it at the end of last episode, episode 13. Tony, one of our most successful episodes talking to Katie Munnings. Not surprising. And Nick Perkat as well. But Katie, I think, got us over the line there. Our numbers were massive. Through the roof? Massive. Through the roof. Excellent. You know what tells me that it's a good episode is when my wife, Steph, listens to it as soon as it gets released. And she actually said, that's your best episode yet. Perfect. Saved it up for number 13. Yeah, great. Unlucky for some, Tony, not for us. (laughs) 14's going to be even better, though, because we've got a new segment that we're going to introduce at the end of, I'll say all, but let's say some, because we we might trip over ourselves (laughs) on a couple of occasions. Let's not lock ourselves in. But we want to speak to some young drivers. Yes. And you know I love to give things names, give us sections or come up with logos. Maybe we'll make some T-shirts for it as well. (laughs) So here we go. So we want to talk to young guys who who are on the scene, now whether they're in karting or Formula Ford or other junior-style categories. Excels. Excels is a big thing Absolutely, yeah. We'll talk to a couple of guys who you wouldn't have heard of in the mainstream. Just yet. Just yet. We want to get in early. We're going to get in first. So, should we call this section Young Guns? Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Rising like Stars? No, nah, Young Guns. Uh, Bound oh. for Glory? Future Talent? It's boring. We spoke to them before they were famous. Mm, I don't mind that. Cool. Done. We spoke to them before they were famous. That, that's our thing. Okay, okay great. Excellent. Great. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue nice as easy as Young Guns does, but we spoke to them before they were famous. We're going to call 
the segment that and uh can't wait that should be fun who we've got first you're going to do the chatting so who, who do we have first well i've organized a little chat with a rising star louis sharp who is part of the sort of junior development program that shell v power have sort of implemented with fabian coulthard and repco we spoke about him on the previous show and i've been in contact with him this week trying to uh, get an interview organized his dad's all excited. We've just got to wait, though, a couple of minutes because he's at rugby training at the moment. So, rugby? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he's doing his fitness. And, and he's a Kiwi as well, yeah, isn't he? he's a Kiwi. Yep. Great. So he's making sure he's nice and fit. And uh, obviously, he's got different interests outside of motorsports. So we've just got to let him have a shower and cool down, and then we'll give him a buzz. Great. Well, we'll speak to him after we talk to Rihanna, after we talk to Taz. We'll talk to a young bloke. And we'll be able to say we spoke to them before they were famous. <laughs> Without any further ado, let's get into the news. Now, you didn't like the music to start. What do you think of the news music? No, the news music's spot on. I like it. Okay, it's there we good. go. Here we go. We're into the news. So, TD, supercars are back. They're back this week. Yes. Usually at this time where, you know, talking about silly seasons. Mm-hmm. And silly seasons is a big part. But COVID seems to... Have have got in the way and there's more talk of supercars teams you know simply getting to the grid rather than who might drive what car yep. in the following year so there were some questions about scott mclaughlin who'd been touted to head to the us next year in indycar anton de pasquale i see in the most recent edition of auto action has been mentioned as a replacement for him at djr team penske as his current team erebus has already confirmed will brown is joining the squad full time oh. in 2021 so there is like a lot some some silly season stuff going on what's what's your take i feel as though that's been going on for about a year now already you know anton's been in the background and that rumor has been circulating everyone knows that scott's looking for an opportunity to further his career and he's done the the indycast test which went really really well and uh, he was you know scheduled to do some racing this year it looks maybe a little bit more unlikely he'll get that opportunity. So I don't know whether that will keep him in Australia for another year or not. I think everything's very fluid at the moment. So, I mean, I don't know, even though I'm part of the team, I have no idea whether they've done a deal with Anton and, and what that looks like for the driver lineup. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. But it's gone pretty quiet, all the chat with driver changes and who's going where and all that sort of stuff, because... We've had other things to think about and and worry about. Just making sure we get to the grid, I think, has become more important. I mean, even, you know, the teams have had to deal with the COVID situation to start with, then a calendar change, Mm. now another calendar change as well. Yeah, there's um, more important things than who's driving. I think if you look at Anton, though, he's obviously an up-and-comer. He's, you know, one of the next guys on the scene that's going to be a championship contender. Um, he did an amazing job in the online stuff. Super fast, uh, really young, but he hangs out with Paul Morris a lot, and Paul Morris hangs out with Roland Dane a lot. And, you know, uh, Anton drove for a GT team at Bathurst this year that was looked after by Roland. So I don't know whether there's a bit of a relationship there. Maybe the deal hasn't been done at DJR Tempensky. Maybe. You know, Roland's trying to groom him to replace uh, one of his drivers that, you know, perhaps in the next couple of years will step aside. 
I, I'm only speculating. So, so Roland, you're saying, is creating all this noise about Anton going to DJ our team Penske Maybe. when he's actually I, going I wouldn't there. be surprised. I wouldn't put, put it past him. But, yeah, I mean, Paul Morris has done a very good job with some of these junior drivers, and he can really sort of select them. And he's, he's worked with Stan, as they call him, for many years. And, you know, he's got him through uh, development series uh, into the main series as well. But... Barry Ryan has said if they're going to run three cars next year, they will run three cars. It's not a problem. So either way, it looks like there's going to be a seat there for Anton. Uh, and Will Brown will be in the main series next year at, in, at Erebus. So that's a huge opportunity for him. And uh, we're not too far away from 2021, really. You know, mm. like we, we've sort of, uh, we haven't started 2020 yet, but it feels like we're already thinking about next year. So for Will Brown, he'll be, training hard he's, he's sort of uh up spec all that sort of stuff in preparation for next year so who knows what, how everything will play out but i think there is the way i look at it is there's where there's smoke there's fire you know there's something happening in the background and i don't know either way whatsoever i'm probably out of the loop more than ever, all of them but this COVID thing might have changed things a little bit. Who knows? What a great shot in the arm, though, for supercars if Erebus could expand when yeah. some teams, when I guess all the murmurings and things you hear in the background are about teams downsizing, yep. you might have one of the good, strong teams at the front mm. upscaling. Erebus is going, they're going to be a powerhouse. They'll, they will be a powerhouse of the sport maybe this year, if not this year, next year. Like if they've got three guys of the caliber of Reynolds, Pasquale and Brown. Brown yeah, it's a pretty damn strong lineup. So yep. I mean, they're they're already for me probably the third best team in pit lane. You know, like they've won Bathurst, they're championship contenders on their day. They're as fast as anybody, if not faster. They're always at the front of the field. So you know, I say third best team only purely because of the hype around you know Triple Eight and DJR. Uh, but I would say that they're the quiet achievers in many ways, the underdog. And I think that's the way Betty and you know, Barry Ryan like to play it. So, you know, I, I don't know how much budget they've got or resources they've got at their disposal, but they're obviously doing a great job of what they've got because they're punching well above their weight, so to speak. And, you know, to win Bathurst and championship rounds and things, they've obviously got a very good mousetrap to play with. Yep. And Will Brown gets to play with that next year. That is 100% confirmed. Before he does that, though, he is going to race in the car sales TCR Australia Series against yourself, Tony. He'll yep. drive in the Hyundai i30N. And he, this week he got announced as a Hyundai Motorsport customer racing junior driver. Yep. It's an absolute mouthful of a of So a, what does that mean? Name. Well, why should I explain it? I'll let Will Brown explain it. Good call. Will Brown's on the line, announced during the week as a Hyundai Motorsport junior driver. Will, this is awesome news. Yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, we had a, we had a great year last year, first year for Australian uh, TCR to be to be here, and uh, what a year it was. The guys did a great job, and ultimately, you know, us racing last year has got me that. So I'm a Hyundai uh, Motorsport customer junior driver. Um, so 
you know, it's it, it's great. It puts you on the world scale. It'd be awesome to head overseas and do a few TCR races. Obviously, it's massive over there. And um, you know, one of the kids that is racing World TCR now, he was in this program last year. So, um, you know, like I say, it's fantastic to be in it. There's four of us who are in it, and um, yeah, just excited to get back racing in Australia. You know, you might, you know, we might not be going overseas uh, this year, depending on how the restrictions are and that sort of stuff. But it's still a great opportunity for us to, uh, you know involved yeah it doesn't look like you'll be able to do anything this year but maybe next year what would it mean to go over and, and represent the the hmo customer racing team you know even represent tcr australia on the world stage yeah it'd be awesome obviously i've, I've got my um my erebus deal in place for next next year but uh betty and barry uh uh, are very great and they, and they wanted me to be part of this they thought it was a great opportunity so we'll always work towards uh you know i, I want to be in supercars here and i want to also do uh do racing overseas when i can so hopefully this allows me to do that so we thank will brown for his time potentially racing overseas definitely driving with erebus next year it's all coming up will brown wow he's uh we actually spoke to him early in the piece when Parked Up began. And he sort of alluded to some of these opportunities, but he didn't quite let us know exactly. And maybe it wasn't all finalised at the time. But uh, he's got such a big racing calendar ahead of him and, you know, so many opportunities in front of him. He, he's, you know, hot property, um, and rightfully so. If you look at his junior career, he's won everything. He won all the championships. Um, so he's, you know, the next big thing, I guess. So if I can beat him this year, it's, it's you know gonna look good for me i reckon <laughs> great okay well do it get it done i'm gonna get, get it, done. it done well you might have the opportunity to beat him even sooner i'm hearing this is part of the news section still of course here on parked up powered Big news powered by the race fuels tony you are going to do i know the car sales tcr australia sim racing series yes i'm actually pumped about this awesome. I, no i really am because you know i didn't i've said it that many times that you know, frustrated me the ARG series, but I'm all pumped up again, Grant, and I want to do the TCR stuff with a set of courses, the platform. Get to race your Honda. I get to race my Honda, so I feel like I'm more at home. I can put the Honda branding on. So yeah, just in the process at the moment, though, I'm running around like a madman trying to get my sim up and running. So I'm buying seats and screens and computers and just trying to you know put together this new sim, but it's not going to be ready for round one. Oh, okay. No, no round one. No, no, well, but actually, I, no, no, I'll be, I'll be at round one, but yep. I'm going to do it from the SimWorks headquarters. Perfect. So I'm going to use their fifty thousand dollars sim. So no bloody excuses. I've uh, so the car sales ARG Cup. I had to do a lot of producing and background stuff, and didn't really have the chance to sort of sit down and and watch and enjoy it, kind of working. So maybe I'll come down and yeah. watch you do this. You should. You can, you know, hand me a bottle of water and wipe my forehead when I'm sweating and, you know, feed me some grapes or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's at Albert Park. You know Albert Park. Yeah, okay. You know which way it goes. You Perfect. better help me out. Okay, good. So do you want me to be like a rally navigator? Yeah, yeah left, 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 left. Five right. <laughs> We've actually got a practice session this Sunday night. So it's actually been delayed for what? the super learned listeners. It was supposed to start... Oh. The Thursday, the Thursday just gone, but it's been delayed for a week. So oh, I thought um, you meant have been delayed again. No, 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 no. Just gotcha. uh, just one delay, and it will start on Thursday, the twenty fifth of June. Yep. It'll be around eight pm all across the TCR Australia Facebook and YouTube channels. Exactly how you watch the ARG Cup. 
you'll be able to watch Tony and a bunch of TCR stars pump around online, which just gives us another little racing fix prior to getting back into the real thing, which starts at Sydney Motorsport Park, August 14 to 15. TD, that is the end of the news, and we need to rip into some interviews. Rihanna first, you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Ladies first. Great. Here we go. Rihanna Crean on the line. Our first guest is Rihanna Crean. Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. But before we start, it has been an absolute wretched month for you. First, your husband, Will Davison, lost his supercars drive. And now your supercars media gig is is sort of parked up for a little bit. It's It's been a uh, an awful one. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I'm obviously, yeah, really devastated when Will got the news that, uh, you know, Milwaukee was pulling their sponsorship and subsequently, you know, he'd be out of a gig with 23 Red and then obviously, you know, getting the news that I wouldn't be uh, attending supercar races sort of for the near future. So, yeah, it's it's kind of hit us for six a little bit, but trying to maintain, you know, a positive attitude because, you know, like so many people at the moment, um, it's just such a difficult time. And I know there's many others out there that are going through really tough times and, you know, we're not the only ones that are losing jobs or, you know, out of work and that sort of thing. So trying to trying to be positive, trying to be optimistic, but yeah, certainly has been a fair kick in the guts for, for both of us. Yeah, Will's stuff got documented like really well. There was despite the bad news there was some real strong positivity from the industry supporting his unfortunate circumstances so uh, we can only hope and and we can only imagine that um, you know things will shine brighter for him in in a not too distant future we haven't heard too much though about the reason why you've been parked for just this short term can you give us a bit of insight into you know how that came about and what were the reasons for it yeah, look, to be honest, I don't have um, a whole lot to, to tell you guys, unfortunately. Um, look, just subsequently, you know, like the whole industry is suffering, as we know, which is, you know, really unfortunate and, and just a really sad time um, for the sport, just given, you know, everything that's happened. Um, I think um, a lot of it has to do with just uh, what's happening with, you know, social distancing and numbers and, and the sport having to to work with the governments at the moment and and logistics of what we can and can't do, um, particularly for the first event at Sydney. Um, so that's sort of you know what um, we're working you know we're working around and working towards. And I know Nathan, the general manager of TV, has been um, you know basically just flat out um, trying to get the event for the first one um, together and happening. And basically, he's been I think the only person <laughs> working in the office. Um, you know, just about to just try get the you know the very first event actually happening on track. Um, so I think you know they're working towards just happening, you know, getting something happening at Sydney, and then they'll basically reassess and and see what you know happens for Winton. I don't really know, um, and obviously every state's different at the moment. Like we know, everywhere has their own sort of different rules and regulations. Um, Queensland's different to Melbourne, you know, Melbourne's different to Sydney. So depending on what happens with you know. Up opening restrictions and lifting restrictions, um, I think we may see things, um, you know, differ as we go on with the calendar. Mm. Um, but I've got my fingers crossed that, you know, I may be able to get to events um, a little bit further down the track. But to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I don't know when that will happen. Um, and when, you know, 
you know, you guys, like, you know, media and, and other people will be able to attend races as well. So I know that there's photographers who I've spoken to uh, who are certainly, you know, just chomping at the bit to be able to get there and do what they want to do as well. So um, we're all in the same boat, unfortunately, um, but there's not really too much we can do. Rihanna, it's TD here. Good to speak to you. I feel like I know exactly what you and Will have been up to for the last few months because you do such a good job on social media. It's uh, outstanding. Um, one thing that makes me sort of get through, you know, tough situations is exercise. It's a really good uh, one for the mind. You've been pumping yeah. out so many Ks on, on Swift, <laughs> and I'm a big fan of that as well. Yeah. Um, could we see you maybe change careers slightly just for a little bit and become a full-blown athlete? Even more so. <laughs> hey, hey, that would be my dream. You know, my dream would be to be a professional athlete one day. And yes. I know that I never will be. But <laughs> I can sort of like pretend at the moment because, you know, like you said, like exercise and just moving your body mm. is just the most, you know, is the perfect thing for your mind. And I think particularly during isolation, you know, I know a lot of people deal with different things, you know, deal with stress differently. But mm. I know for myself in particular and for Will, um, the, you know, the way we deal with it is by, you know, is by exercising and, and ensuring that we're in the in the best shape we are, like in, mm. in terms of, you know, for our mental health and our physical health. Um, and we really maximise this time over the last couple of weeks or last couple of months by, by doing that and ensuring that if things were out of our control with, you know, racing and his contract and my work, um, things we could control we did, um, which is obviously making sure we were physically healthy and mentally healthy. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, Zwift, um, which is a platform that we could use for cycling, we, we're getting the Ks up on that. And um, running. I, yeah, and running. And, and I said to Will, look, you know, obviously if he's not, you know, racing on track this year, um, we've got a bit more time, then, you know, we definitely want to put our mind to something else. So, mm. we, you know, we'll enter a, a half Ironman and, we'll, and we'll, get, um, we'll get that done, you know, later on this year. So, oh, yeah, good. I think it's really important to keep your mind focused and, and particularly for him as well. Um, you know, it's such, such a shame that he won't be on the grid um, mm. in the coming weeks and I need to ensure for his mental health that he stays focused on something else. Yeah, I was going to actually ask, you know, you're, you're at the coalface there, you get to see Will... How has he taken the news? And, uh, you know, he's, he's come across like uh, he has been quite positive, but quite a shock to the system. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm blown away by Will. And not that I, I probably shouldn't be because I know him so well, but mm. I've, the way he's taken it um, has been, you know, just the utmost professional. Look, he could have, you know, just turned, you know, gone in a heap and, you know, mm. said, why me? It's not fair and all that sort of stuff. And not to say that he hasn't had bad days where he has said, you know, why me? Um, but he he has been incredible the way that he's handled this situation. Um, he's never blamed anyone. He's never been angry. He's just taken it um, in his stride. And I think that's certainly shown the way that he's presented himself um, to, you know, people in the you know, in public and the, the way that fans have received the way he's presented himself. Um, and I, I really think that that has been something that, you know, will over time throughout your career, mm. you learn from situations. He's been in really good situations and he's been some in, in some really um, difficult situations over, over the, you know, yeah, that's motor racing. Your journey yep. um, in motor racing. And you just certainly learn and you grow from those situations. Um but that's not to say, you know, in a week's time when, you know, the guys yeah. get on the grid at Sydney, um, it's not going to be a really, really tough weekend for him. And I sort of, I don't think he'll be able to watch, um, mm. 
next weekend, I think I'll have to probably take him away somewhere where there's not much phone reception <laughs> and, and just sort of try to distract him because I just know even in the last couple of days where it's been getting closer and closer and mm. it's sort of the realisation starting to hit that he's not going to be there, um, it's it's really cutting pretty deep. Um, yeah, one, one so thing it's, I... it's hard. One thing I thought that was really good, even in amongst all the online racing, I mean, the announcement was made halfway through the supercars online stuff. And Will, you know, kept supporting the category, kept uh, being a really good role model for the category. You know, did all the races, got some sponsors on board. So he's really proactive, even though he's facing, you know, a huge amount of adversity. But I have to hand it to the wives and the girlfriends of the drivers during the the online racing because the amount of hours you got to spend on those bloody things uh if you didn't have the support of your wife you'd be <laughs> you'd be in trouble yeah for sure and um you know i think credit to you guys you know the guys that have got you know small kids and young babies and mm. all that sort of stuff and and even the guys that are you know trying to put their kids through homeschooling and oh. and so on and so forth um huge huge credit to you guys because it is is not easy and you have to put the time in you can't just rock up on the day and expect to to be you know successful on the e-series so it was tough and i think um you know it was it was so well received by the fans but i also don't think um maybe people totally appreciated how much work (laughs) went on behind the scenes from you from new drivers um to to get that e-race e-series platform um underway like you know just purchase of simulators and then the you know getting all the the signage you know your, your sponsor signage and and you know doing the laps it you know week in week out and um all that sort of stuff so i think you know in terms of the fans and stuff like the, the work behind the scenes is pretty epic from all of you so everyone really needs to be commended um you know just for buying into to what was put on um during the isolation period so i think everyone should be congratulated from that front did you get an opportunity to jump on the sim yourself no i never did and it, the sim is still parked in our lounge room and i'm not really sure the plan for that i think that's going to be there for a long time um to be honest, I'm not really like it doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> I'm yeah. not one. It's just sitting there. I have no interest to get in there. And I actually get like motion sickness when I look at the things. So I just don't think I'm ever going to be um, a future gamer. To be fair, <laughs> surely, not, surely, not surely you played games as as a kid, even if it was like a Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog Alex or the something. Alex the, Alex kid, the kid was kid. my go-to. Yep, yeah, Alex the kid. But no, I actually I genuinely get. I don't ever. I don't get seasick. I don't get car sick. But on those, like, I get motion sickness if I look at a screen like that. So, yeah, gaming is not my strength. Well, it definitely did help fill the void. Supercars did such an awesome job with yeah, with totally. its E series. It was uh, it was fantastic. Kind of going to miss Wednesday nights now, not having any midweek supercars to uh, to to watch and and fill in our time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future, whether they do keep a component of the E-Series running. I think there's definitely um, a spot for it um, alongside, uh, you know, normal racing. Um, Obviously, there was a, you know, there's a huge online gaming uh, fan base there. But I think if they do continue with E-Series, it needs to have the element of the real drivers. Like, I just don't think the E-Series will be as successful if you put regular gamers in there. I think but I think it can continue to be successful with our, you know, regular supercar drivers and whether that's a pro-am or whether it's just, you know, regular drivers in there. But I certainly think there is there is space for it. Yeah, I'm sure the minds are ticking over at uh, Supercars Media. Nathan wouldn't have stopped 
thinking about it. He probably, <laughs> he probably enjoyed uh, after last Wednesday when it all wrapped up a, a chance yeah, to exactly. not think about computer games for yep. a while. But no, yep. he, he did, uh, and and the whole team there did a um, an amazing job with with that series. So so full credit. Just to switch it back to yourself, what is your plan? Do you have a a goal now? Like the goalposts are shifting, they're moving all the time. And I know, of course, as soon as you are allowed to come back to a uh, supercars track and and perform the job that you're you've been contracted to do, you'll you'll do that. But um, has the COVID situation made you, you know, look further afield into uh, other, you know, potential? you know broadcasting opportunities or or other things that you'd like to do yeah definitely and I've always you know been one to be doing other things as well not just supercars I mean even during the the COVID period I ensured um I I was a registered nurse while I was working supercars in the early days and I re-registered so I've got my nursing registration back um so that was always a plan that if I needed to I could go back and work um as a nurse. Um, I've also been doing some online um, streaming stuff with the Zwift platform, which is the cycling. So like the Supercars E-Series, there's also um, a cycling like online um, racing while the COVID's been happening. So I've been commentating cycling, which I've never done in my entire life. But <laughs> Got to diversify. Um, we've, we've got to diversify in these trying times. Um, and then just obviously also looking um, you know, you've got to just, you've got to hustle hard. And I was saying to someone the other day, look, I've never worked so hard and hustled so hard in my entire life for for very little return. But, you know, in these times where it's it's really difficult and there's so many people that are, you know, out of work and looking for work, you've, you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to get your game face on and, um, and that's basically what I've been doing. <laughs> I've been, I've been working really, really hard um, to ensure that I keep my, um, you know, keep my face out there and ensure that people um, understand that, you know, we're all doing as much as we can in, in these difficult times and, and that's what I've been doing. So I'm, I'm working my butt off, but I'm not sure that I'm, I'm getting much back. But, um, I, yeah, it, it is what it is. So I reckon it's time for you and Will to have a Bambino. <laughs> I'm calling people, it. That'll keep you busy. Do you know how many people ask that? So everyone's like, are you having an isolation baby? I'm like, what the hell is an isolation baby? I've got three I'm not friends. Sure a child wants to be called an isolation baby. I've got three friends, which I shouldn't mention because I don't think they've actually told anyone yet, but uh, that are all pregnant and due in December because of isolation. So uh, perfect time. That's that's, that's the, not enough Netflix in my eyes. That's Look, right. Where my, my issue is that... Well, not an issue. That's you won't be able to train as much then. <laughs> but, but how how can we both train at the same time if we have a child? So that's, that's true. You've got a tag team, so, one in, one out. Yeah, we've got a tag team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, look, that will be in the future at some point, but not at, not at this point. So, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and we probably probably not when you're both unemployed. That might. Yeah, actually, you're probably right. Not right. Probably right. Not the right time. Now, nah, look, I'm yeah. I'm sure both of you have a lot of opportunity. People ringing and trying to get each of you involved in some way shape or form i'm sure will's got people wanting him them to drive their race car and yeah we'll see you guys back at a racetrack really soon so thank you very much rana for joining us today on parked up uh we yeah, really you. appreciate your time go and enjoy that little cheeky beer that you're having and we'll enjoy <laughs> ours and uh, say good day to will for us how, how fitting to be on the parked up when i'm currently parked up <laughs> unemployed <laughs> There's no better way. Thanks, Rihanna. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me.
And great to talk to Rihanna there. We thank her so much for her time. Hasn't she had some black cats run in front of her and Will over the COVID period? Yeah, one thing we actually forgot to mention, Will got knocked off by a car recently. Got, I don't know if he was riding or running or something, but he got hit by a car just after it'd been dumped by 23 Red. Like, they've had a terrible run, but... It's good to hear that they've got a you know positive outlook, and I know that Will and Rana will be hustling big time. And she mentioned it how hard they're working in the background, and and that's why they have been successful. That's why Will's been a champion in, in car racing before, and he'll get back there. I'm sure he's got some offers on the table. Yep, no doubt he will find a way. You can just see it already. Whether he's on the grid there, maybe he'll find another category. Certainly, if he can't get a full time another category maybe you could come race in another category what like oh like i work for a company that has tcr <laughs> cars s5000 trans amps he can come race any of those if he likes okay oh, i mean they they require a little bit of budget of course but i guess this is probably the new the new way that race drivers will have to go about their business you're finding it out yourself yeah. it's not it's not 10 years ago where it you know there's like 20 25 guys who are getting paid pretty well yep. to drive race cars you you can still get paid pretty yeah. well you've just got to hustle a little bit yourself for it yeah it's, it's a little different. bit it's a little bit harder these days so you know what you're basically talking about there a lot of drivers have personal sponsors personal backers and wills not paying for his drives but he has some personal sponsors that help contribute to his wage so it makes it a bit more a bit easier when he goes to a team you know he doesn't have to ask quite as much for for what he'd like to try and earn so yeah who knows but he might need to do that for a little bit get himself into a car and make sure he, he stays in the front of everyone's mind but i'm sure he'll find his way back to the some sort of grid I reckon as early as Bathurst this year. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, we will see. We will see. And But before we see, we're going to talk to another lad. We're going to talk to one of my favorite lads. Tony, you are my most favorite. <laughs> but this guy has like one of the true great stories in Australian motorsport. And in a lot of ways, like not really spoken about too much. His name is Taz Douglas. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a list of things that this guy has done, achieved, overcome mm-hmm. during his time that I've known him since he was uh, doing doing Formula Ford stuff. He survived cancer. He's won big on a TV game show. He's run his own excavating business. He's run and owned his own supercars team. He's raced full-time in the supercars championship and finished on the podium at the Bathurst 1000. That's a long, impressive, distressing list of of things there. Oh, he's certainly faced many highs and, and a few lows there, but he's got a great positive attitude as well. So looking forward to having a chat to him. I haven't spoken to him for a little while. He's been off the scene uh, for a couple of years. I've known Taz basically all my life since I was a, a young kid racing go-karts. We were racing against each other. We were the same age. But he's just gone off the radar a little bit in the, on the racing scene. So be interesting to catch up with him, see what he's been doing. Okay, but before we talk to Taz TD, I spoke to three people who know the man very well just to help us set the scene for this interview. The first, his mate, Tim Blanchard. Taz Douglas is the most relaxed supercar driver you'll ever come across. The only guy to go surfing on his way to the track every morning. Next, his former boss, Todd Kelly. 
Taz is an absolute ripper of a bloke. He uh, spent a little bit of time with us at Cali Racing and he's been through a lot in his life up until he joined our team. And he's one of those guys that showed a lot of potential and got a few trophies for us as well and probably jumped out of a car a little bit too soon. But he's got a great little business going as far as I'm aware and uh, having a red hot crack at life in general. So top bloke. And finally, his long-time pal, Jack Perkins. When I think of Taz Douglas, I think of Moff's Buck Show and all the stories I can't tell about Taz Douglas. But the ones I can say is uh, Ripper Bloke, really enjoy calling him a mate and uh, you know, watched him do what he does uh, with his own businesses and stuff. It's, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur, if you like, and he's, uh, yeah, like I said, Ripper Bloke, good bloke to have a beer with, fellow greyhound owner with me and, uh, no, absolute legend of a bloke. Now it's time to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Taz Douglas. And it's great to welcome our very good friend, Taz Douglas, to the Parked Up podcast. Taz, thanks for joining us. No dramas. Good to chat to you boys. Mate, we've kind of missed you at the racetrack. Haven't seen you for a long time. There's been a fair bit going on in the in the world as well with all the uh, COVID stuff. Just tell us uh, what's been happening since the last time you jumped out of a race car. A bit, but it feels like it feels like it's gone pretty quick. I keep thinking I'll get back to the track, and the years just keep ticking over. I, um, the last race I did was with Lucas at Newcastle, and I haven't been step put back in the track since since then about two or three years ago now so um i ne- i feel felt like i needed a break from racing it's just you know the grind of trying to find money every year um tony you'd know you know about that it's Mate, just I'm so hard sh- to- i'm nodding i can absolutely yeah, yeah. appreciate that yeah it just it just it's like a full-time job and just the knockbacks you know you just need a bit of a break from it so i did that with intentions of getting back into it but you know, you, you step out for a, for a little bit of a period of time and new wave of kids and people come through and you get left out pretty quick. So that's what happened to me and I've just been watching from afar. So watching from afar, but keeping quite busy though, it looks like most of your day-to-day stuff is demolishing people's houses. Tell us about that. Yeah, the dream of becoming a Formula One race driver didn't work out for me. <laughs> so I had to have a backup plan, which uh, turned out to be uh, demolition. I've got a mate who who does a bit of building, and my dad's been into earth moving, which I have as well. So I kind of put two and two together. And, um, yeah, I've been demolishing houses. I've got my uh, demolition company, and that's been keeping me flat out. So, you know, everyone's getting a new house and knockdown rebuilds and, I've been concentrating on that. I've been trying to make a bit of the money back that I've spent all these years trying to trying to race cars. I did. I looked through your the Instagram page for your business uh, on site demolitions, and yep, there were some beautiful houses in there. I saw a house in Brighton, in Victoria. Now, for those who don't live uh, in Melbourne, Brighton is a, a beautiful suburb, Bayside. And, and this house was magnificent, had a pool, two storeys. I would live in there in a heartbeat. Any, anyway, like uh, neck minute, like that thing is flattened. Yeah, yeah. Most, uh, pretty much 90% of the houses that I take down, I do say to the owner, are you sure? Because there's nothing <laughs> wrong with this house. But that Maybe that particular one, I remember, um, it was, they'd just done a couple of hundred thousand dollar renovation on it. And I said, 
like, what's the go? Is everything going? She goes, yeah, everything's going. It just doesn't flow. <laughs> the house just didn't flow for her, so they just got a whole new one. I, was like, right, right. I, I bet right, her then. husband was uh, nodding in agreement as well. Yeah, yeah, he he did something in solar panels. I don't I don't know, but he had his garage. He was he always had his workshop in his garage for his cars. So he was happy he got that, and the Mizo got the the house. So good times. Good times there. Let's let's talk about another good time. Second at Bathurst with Moff in a Nissan. Let's talk about motorsport because you've had a huge career in in car racing. I mean, we know each other from go karting back when we were kids and sort of gone through all the different categories together. But we just say, you know, second at Bathurst, that's got to be one big highlight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I look back, that's the probably the highest point of my career. And then it literally probably went downhill from there. <laughs> Everyone probably thinks that once you do that, you, you know, you catapult further on and you get paid all this money and you get all these doors open up for you. But um yeah that was pretty much it and then it slowly slowly went down for one reason or another but yeah that was definitely it's as you know it's it's not just the day people watch you know the race or they watch the 10 minutes you're on the podium Mm. but it's the 15 20 years of work before that that's gotten you to that point Mm. and not everybody sees that all they see is somebody winning and they don't. They just think it's that day, but it's yeah. It's just a reward for effort because some people, some drivers, they put in 15 years of effort and don't get, get rewarded with it with a result like that. Mm. You know, um, so just to give kind of back to you know absolute family and dad who's put in so much, um, just to get something out of it at the end was was good. Yeah, it's a very it was a special achievement there, but absolutely crazy race, you know, like everything that could go off in that race did. The car was all battered up, you know. You guys were parked in the fence a couple of times as well, and to still get a podium, like I think that's what made it actually even a little bit more special. One thing though, you did get in strife on the podium, is that right? Um, for my phone. Yeah, for your phone. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, well, they. Yeah, they. Did you keep the photo? I've got, I've still got the video on my phone now. I've got, I've got two videos and I've got photos and everything of the podium. It's like the best thing that I've, I, I've done because, yeah, you go to so many race meetings and you never take photos and you have memories. But for some reason, that particular race meeting at the start of it, I thought to myself, I'm just going to take heaps of photos at this race meeting because it could be my last. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm just going to always have the camera with me. And Moff was getting pissed off because you know what he's like. <laughs> and I was just taking so many photos and he's like, put it away. I took it on the driver parade and everything. And then um, when we got the podium, I was like, well, I'm going to take this thing up there. But then at the next race meeting, which was the Gold Coast, they said to me, oh, if you get on the podium, you can't take your phone up again because it's like their vision or something like that, you know, some something along those lines. So I didn't really post it on anything. I just kept it to myself. And then, um, yeah, I've, you know, obviously given it to Moff. And in the video is when Chaz and Paul Morris come out as well. So I think I sent it to one of them because it's good for them as well. And, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I did it now. And now everybody's kind of – it's probably the done thing where you get a selfie on the podium. 
Of course. Actually, I was working for Nissan Motorsport during that amazing, amazing day. You know, it had been a, a pretty tough, uh, lean old period for, for when the Nissan program started in supercars. And after that unbelievable day to end up on the podium and for, you know, two great blokes in yourself and, and Moff to to claim that result was awesome. I actually have the vision as well. You sent it to me like the day after and said, oh, you might be able to use this. And um, we did actually speak to supercars between there and the Gold Coast and they were um, pretty yeah, sure good. pretty sure that we should not ever use that just to ensure we don't breach any of the um, the rights agreement uh, it was a it was a crazy crazy race as you say i was in the yeah i was in the fence a couple of times but both times i kind of went under those tires and i didn't i never panicked because i felt like it wasn't that hard and when i came out the steering wheel was all straight everything was kind of fine and you know when you you crash tony you come out and you know you just know oh no something's wrong yep. or no nah, it's all good it's all good and it just fell off straight away i said to the guys Everything feels good. It's probably just, you know, a bit of rub in here or there. But I think it actually helped us because we came around, pitted, filled the car up while we fixed it, got out on the lead lap, caught the back of the train. Then they red flagged it and ah. stopped us on the on the straight. But we had a full tank of fuel and we were on the back of the train. So How good. it kind of like helped us at blessing, the end. Blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously it was so... It, all the stars and planets needed to align for us to get like that result. We were kind of running fifth or sixth, and then um, that was us. But then Lounsey took out winner bottom. Yep. So we moved up two spots there because he got to drive through. Then I think Moff passed maybe Percat. Um, and then, yeah, then obviously Wing Cup ran out of fuel on the and we got him on the last corner. So yeah, it was crazy. Uh, just ridiculous. But we were that whole meeting. We were quite quick on our own. Yeah. Because the car was good, but it was so bad down the straight. Mm. So we had pace, and the car was handy. But in a pack after safety cars, yeah, you're we sitting just, dark. We'd, yeah, we were just it was just looking in your mirror the whole time. But as you say, the race it adds to the achievement mm. when you've been in the fence, it comes back and it's got tape on. It's kind of like your classic Bathurst story and being mates with Moff, you know, it's like Tony, you go somewhere with, with a mate and you race with a mate. It's a whole different feeling. Mm. You just want it. You, you just have a good weekend. And we were staying in a house and you stay in houses there with Caruso and Fiori as well. And they're two awesome blokes. So it's kind of like a boy's weekend away. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, to get a result was just kind of like the icing on the cake. I always remember DVS, now the white Commodore that you used to race, and you used to yeah. just basically have your mates spannering the thing. Uh, you got any uh, stories to tell us about that? Um, well, it was – I always tried to enjoy myself racing because Dad, you know, he, he was kind of – he never pushed me or mm. he never had the stopwatch out, you know, at the go-karts. He never – he couldn't care if I was getting lapped as long as you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept asking, he'd always say to me, how's the things going? I'm like, oh, you know, geez, I could do with a bit more, you know, lap time, whatever. He's like, yeah, but do you ever think to yourself, how much fun are you having? I think, oh, probably not <laughs> enough, not enough. So anyway, yeah, going away, dad drove the truck and then I just wanted to be, yeah, just have, you know, have mates around. So Benny Small, who raced with us mm-hmm. uh, and go-karts and everything, um, he, he came along. Tim Blanchard was uh, my mechanic slash 
he was like my engineer um, crew chief for one meeting because two other dudes couldn't come for around at Winton. So it was literally just me and Blanchard <laughs> and my dad and one of my dad's workers. <laughs> um, and then it was the, the first uh, practice day. You know how some people put on new tyres and practice mm. too and that. Well, I don't – no one else did and I did. So I like topped the session in practice too when we went into Friday night and me and Blanche were just like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> well, well, we'll just clean it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then we came out and we, you know, everyone else put tyres on and we were down the back. But just just like kicking along with your mates and um, having a good time, that was what it was all about. But it was kind of tough running my own car, as you'd know, Tony. Like I did everything myself back at the workshop. You know, the only thing I didn't do was the engine and shocks and everything else, panels, paint, tires, pack the truck, wash the truck. You know, you name it, I did it. Um, but yeah, to have a bit of bit of help on the weekends with mates was was a good time. We actually got we spoke to a couple of your mates to uh, just give us a little insight into uh, the mind and the uh, the times with uh, with yourself prior to this. Now, uh, Timmy Blanchard. Gave, uh, gave us a, a little quote about you and your between-race meeting surfing session that you that you did. Yeah, I think there was a, an event where we didn't we didn't race on a day. We, you know how you go to some tracks and you race, but then there's a day or there's a, nearly a full day off and, you, and then you might have a race in, late in the afternoon. So I would, anywhere that there was potential surf, then I'm obviously keen surfer, so... I would take my board and um, and get out and get out in the water because it's always good surfing new new places. But Blanche, he he doesn't like tomato. Oh, Blanche, no tomato for Blanche on his salad sandwiches. Okay. And my dad was the cook. He wasn't sure about dad being the cook. wasn't great because he's a bit of a bushman. So tin spaghetti in your salad sandwich. <laughs> that was that was a regular. <laughs> And um, and then he'd cook up a big stew because most of the time, you know, we'd be working till till late on the car, and he'd cook up a big stew. But um, yeah, no tomato for the old Blanche. Tim also told me about a story uh, at the Sydney event with a trusty old Suzuki truck. I think it was a Suzuki. Uh, oh, that yeah, you uh, yeah. you must have axed the the roof off the cabin, and uh, that that was like your your pit vehicle. Now he was he was telling me a story about how the uh, famous white Suzuki actually went missing. Can you um can you remind our viewers of this? Yeah, yeah, I remember it got stolen at the Homebush round. So yeah, we needed a pit vehicle. So yeah, we had that cut the roof off, made a bit of a thing in you know back, so we could take it at. One of the race meetings, though, they came up and said, oh, it needs to be registered. Like, it needs to be a registered car. And then so I just went and got the plates off our four-wheel drive and, like, put them on for the next day and just said, yeah, it's registered. Like, we've got plates on it now. Then I got some kind of, like, worksite rego for it through Vic Roads, like a legit worksite rego um, for the rest of the year and had rego papers for it. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, yeah, Homebush, last round, you know how DVS we pit in those big kind of rotunda things together mm. and all our pit vehicles were, were parked outside? Well, we just used to leave the keys in it because we didn't, you know, we didn't care and we were kind of right there. And we came out of the rotunda and this security guard runs up and he's puffing and huffing and we, he's like, did you see him? Did you see him? 
like, what do you mean? He goes, some kids were just driving this car and they just parked it here and ran off. And it had like nitrogen bottles and, you know, like, like rattle guns and stuff on it. So they've obviously stolen it and driven it around the compound for like a while and then parked it back there and, and taken off. So it got stolen for a little bit and then got taken back. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah. I did. Oh, I, we, could, we couldn't believe it. We like we didn't even know it went. <laughs> I did love seeing that uh, that truck there. It was uh, definitely part of the fast as establishment there at uh, at racetracks. You could hear that thing it coming. Crowd, it was a it was a crowd pleaser. The boys ran because I never got to experience it because I was driving the car around. But they would drive it around and they'd get on the horn and the the crowd would go crazy. And then some they had a chair on the back as well with no seat belts and that. Like I don't know how like dad and his worker used to sit on the back of it and then they i think they got some grid girls on the back of it to, to tow around to the grid and of wearing stupid hats and everything that was kind of yeah but i never used to i just used to hear those stories because i was in the car mate you were very successful in karting you were successful in formula ford DVS, you you were very fast as well. Even though you'd always sort of mixed it up between driving for other teams or or running your own show, and then of course you did uh, supercars, endurance stuff, and some full time seasons as well. All of it kind of felt a little bit on and off. But you know, I, I think the the thing that I certainly loved, and um, you know, most of the people that that I know loved you for was the fact that you always you know you had a smile while you were doing it and and you enjoyed your time the uh, the one thing that was very serious though was uh, the little cancer scare that you had in in 2010 2011 Burkitt's lymphoma mate you've uh, you survived it you had us all uh, like worried at the time but um, yeah. let us know about how how that all went down and uh, and how you've dealt with that since uh yeah well it just you know a lot of people a lot of people get it a lot of people go through it so it was just um i was just driving along one day no symptoms at all not feeling fine working you know playing footy um still it was kind of over a christmas period so i was getting my car ready for a year and um yeah, I was just driving along and scratching my neck and felt a little, just a little lump like the size of a pea in my neck and then went to my doctor and he kind of said, oh, no, it shouldn't, it won't be anything, you know, go away on your Christmas holiday, no worries, come back and we'll get an ultrasound on it. By the time I kind of got back, it had grown a little bit and I had an ultrasound and a biopsy and stuff and it came back as, you know, malignant cells. So then... It was pretty much when that came back, it was about a month after I'd initially felt it and it was quite big, maybe half the size of a golf ball. And then so, yeah, straight into hospital, had most of it cut out, but they leave a bit so that when you have the chemo, they can see that it's worked. It's killed the rest of it and that's, you know, killed it off. So, yeah, I was as soon as it was kind of diagnosed, bang, I was straight into the Alfred Hospital and the next day having all the tests and everything and pretty much the day after that started chemo and had six months of that, which was kind of, I'd be in hospital for two weeks and then out for a week, I think. And, and, a, and um, an intense time as well. Yeah, well, I was I was kind of getting ready to go racing. The car was ready to go. I think I was meant to be doing a test day the week after, Um you know, I went into hospital. So, um, yeah, that all got shut down and put on the back burner pretty quick. And 
yeah, went through the whole the whole chemo thing, lost all my hair and lost like 16 kilos and um but yeah, came back from it and just took it day by day. That's you know, that's it certainly makes you more resilient going through something like that and you know, other things that you go through don't matter as much because you have, you know, a lot different perspective on things as you know the race in you know i feel like i got kind of a foot in the door but then you know it got shut on me um so that yeah but i still had so much perspective of i've made it i've been lucky enough to do what i've done so you know so you know tony some drivers who kind of make it but don't make it you know they get really bitter with people and Mm. bitter with the whole category and the whole motorsport thing of how it how it is where i wasn't i'm just like look you know for whatever reason i didn't make it whether it was because i wasn't good enough or whether it just wasn't didn't work out then it's no stress to me like i still had a really good run and i was lucky enough to do what i did so you know going through cancer Mm. gives you that perspective um but yeah i was lucky enough to get out the other side and i've been fine since then so yeah, you gave us a bit Press of a, gave us a bit of a scare there. Let's talk about something a little bit more positive though, and probably the biggest win of your career. Deal or no deal? Oh, mate, mate, are you still living off that money or what? Oh no, no, it, it, mate, it might buy you bloody a tire in um, in V8 supercars. You quickly spend that money, but the, the how much did you win? Well, I, I won seventy five grand, oh. but the the person I was with at the time. They organized it all to go there and I didn't do anything to organize an audition or anything like that. So it was like when we went there, it was okay. If it, you know, God forbid anything happens, we're going halves. Yep. And um, yeah, so, you know, I went halves. So I didn't actually get all the 75, but it was, it was good, good to get on there and it's a good story. And it did help a little bit, you know, probably what cost, you know, spent, well, for me, it was probably two, about two rounds of DVS, you know, because <laughs> I think my budget was about 15 grand around, whereas other guys were like 45, 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was handy but and a good story. But, um, yeah, it was a long time ago now. So you're not living off that anymore. That's a bugger. I'm not living, I'm not living off that, mate. No. <laughs> now, that, have we got a comeback for Tassie D? Are you coming back? Are you got plans to go motor racing, you know, oh, once no, you've established wish- your business a bit more? I'm not making enough money to go bloody racing. I wish I was. I wish I was because it's harder to find sponsorship now. Because yeah. when you back then, you talk to people and you're kind of an up and comer, and this is what I'm trying to do mm. and get on. You know, follow me and back me. Now it's like, can you just pay for me to have a good time, please? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's kind of, it's a lot harder to, to us and just the time. You know, you'd know Tony. Mm. I've got a, a little girl now. Yeah. Um and yeah just you know you i'm building a house next year and you just you just it's a whole new phase of my life and the enduro thing i was really happy doing that like Mm. that was that was that suited me the three rounds not being the main kind of driver i was i was happy with that Mm. um but when yeah when moff um you know they norton wasn't there anymore and he got squeezed out to grm i was initially going to go there with him but then they decided to use um their dvs drivers which was golden and someone so yeah and that was that was fine um but yeah you know you get squeezed out for a year and then you got nothing and then 
yeah, you've got to try to get, and keep get back in. Yeah, you got to keep trying to pay for DVS drives mm. to keep your name out there. But then you get you don't get a good drive, and then you're running around kind of twentieth mm. as a co-driver. You don't even if you are doing a good job in the car you're in, you don't get recognised, and then all of a sudden it's just you're out. People don't realise that there's only what twenty six or twenty three bloody mm. seats in the, the category that we want to do, the job that we want to do. So it's really easy to get squeezed out. And there's so many guys probably around my level of, you know, ability back, you know, I've obviously lost a bit of ability in the last few years. But then there's just a lot of guys around my ability, I felt, were trying to get drives that had a bit more money than me. Yeah. So if you're in that list, even if you're on their list, they're going to, you know what it's like, they're going to take the guys with money straight away. And that's fine. Like that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not well, that's, that's what the sport is now. So mm. there's no stress, but yeah, it's just unfortunate to get squeezed out. But I do want to race again. Um, I probably, <laughs> I've got my eye on Porsche, but you know, there's, there's a few hundred grand I've got to find to do that. <laughs> Oh, mate, we've got plenty of we've got plenty of categories uh, that we can we can slide you into. No no stress at all. And Porsche is a, uh, a a great choice. Anyway, whatever it takes to get you back at the track, we would be we would be stoked with. Now, before we wrap it up here, we appreciate your time on our parked up podcast. But it would be remiss of us not to ask about another legend with the same surname, Stu Balls, uh, your dad. Uh, how's how's he going? And I, I miss seeing him at the track. Yeah, well, he's still kicking along. He had a he had a full knee replacement um, just before the COVID lockdown came in. So he got in two days before elective surgery shut down. So he had the full knee replacement, and then uh, but he's back on his feet now, and he's he's still working flat out. He's about seventy five years old, but <laughs> he's um yeah he, he he he's been telling me he's going to sell up and buddy go on these trips to Broome and through the middle of Australia in these cars and boats and stuff for that long but he's he keeps working so and he used to make the excuse to people of i've got to keep working to keep taz racing but now i'm like mate i'm not <laughs> racing anymore so <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> get on your bike but yeah he, he's um yeah he's loving it he's loving it dad so um still trying to help me every as much as he can he's got a you know a yard and a factory and stuff so i'm using that and he one day one day he'll be he'll say yeah, park whatever you want here, you know, because I've got trucks and bin trucks and stuff for demo and diggers and these. But whatever you want, park whatever you want here, no worries. And then the next day it'll be, you got all your crap in my yard, you're taking up all the space. I didn't have this when I started, you know. And he's like, what would you do? What would you do if you didn't have all this? What would you be doing if you didn't have all this? I'm like, well, I probably wouldn't be doing demolition, Dad. Like maybe I would be an accountant or something. Like. <laughs> The only reason I got into demolition is because I had this to use. I didn't just like live in an apartment and go, oh, I might start a demolition company, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it but, sounds um, like nothing between you blokes has changed at all. So uh, I'm, I'm glad for all the things that change, nothing, uh, it all stays the same. Yeah, well, that's good. What about you, Tony? You, um, you and Fabian. I was yep. thinking about it. You guys are quite different in height, but I'm probably closer to Fabian's height. <laughs> so I was going to give them a call. I actually yeah, give gave, them a call. Yeah, I gave them a call when I wasn't going with Moff. When it was like, no, no, that's not happening. I gave Ryan Story a call. It actually, and, would have been similar time that I was calling them. It was. It was. Maybe I had yeah, more money. 
I don't know. No, I think I think yeah, a little bit, bit more ability on this uh, one. But uh, he, um, yeah, he said he did, he was really good. You know, because sometimes you ring up like team managers and you've never spoken to them before, but you obviously know you from racing, mm. but you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And um, but he was, you know, some of them give you give you nothing, but he was really good. He was like, no, I think you've done a, a good job, but we're you know we're pretty much sorted with our guys. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's been really good with me as well. But, yeah, it, I mean, as you were saying, uh, I'm in a similar boat where I really enjoy doing the Enduros. It gives me some flexibility to do other racing if you can get a deal together, but it's not crucial. Um, obviously, I'm doing TCR stuff at the moment. But, you know, you, your perspective on things does change. You know, you have kids, wife, yeah. houses, and, you know, like all that sort of stuff. And suddenly your main focus isn't going car racing every second of every day. But um, I do love doing the Enduros because we were never able to have uh, a you know, full-time opportunity that with a with a car that was capable of winning a race or winning races all the time. Um, it's a good feeling going to the track when you know that if you do it, if you do a good job, mm. you've got a you've got a chance of win. You've got a, you know a really good chance of winning. Yeah, it's nothing worse than going to the track like when, you know, obviously race for Lucas. Like mm. going there just knowing even if you were doing the best job out yep. of anybody, you're just going to maybe run twentieth. Yeah, you know. But get when you go to the track like when me and Moff were going quite well, it was like we have a genuine chance of getting a top five or yep. you know maybe a podium this weekend. Like that feeling that you'd have. You take that feeling driving three times a year with, like you exactly. are with Penske, then exactly. dr- then racing full time, bashing your head against the brick wall. Yeah, you know, and you, you're racing less, but you just that enjoyment of just going to the track and yep. knowing what you're capable it, of. It's very different though, because like we've run our own team in the past as well, and you are, you know moving tires and you know looking after staff and doing all these other jobs outside of just purely focusing on driving but then you go into a bigger team like i am with djr and suddenly that's all your focus is and you think how good are these guys got it you know like no wonder they get results they can just focus on their job for that weekend so i'm really happy doing what i'm doing there i mean hopefully i can try and stay there for a few more years but as you said before it's pretty cutthroat all you can do is try your best and hopefully they give you another deal the following year. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's that's exactly right. We're not we're not in junior clubman anymore. We're not <laughs> but remember when go karts was yeah, like now you say, you know, there's different things in your life and different priorities and stuff. Like I remember karting when we used to race. It was my life. Like that yeah. was it. Every single moment of the day I was thinking about go kart racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know, remember whereas, the Azuro and racing each other every weekend. It was awesome. I know, I know, and you think you're never going to grow up, but now, buddy, now look at us. <laughs> and I'm, I'm buddy working every day. I'm like, I'm, I'm an adult, but I still don't feel like an yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got a kid and everything, and I'm like, ah. just, just before we go, uh, just one quick war story between you guys and karting. I'm sure you were both pumping around at the front of the track. Surely oh, there yeah. was a time that you guys had bumped into uh, each other. Now, well, I always I'm, remember. Taz, yeah. uh, in like junior clubman, you were the man to beat, 100%. We we bought an Azuro go-kart because you were so fast in the Azuro. We're like, well, that's what we must have to get then. I think that came back to bite me that 
that period because I it was it came too early. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, hold on, this is like you just win, you just win. Like it's and then I kind of thought, I'll just I don't care what car I'm in, I'll just make it win. Yeah. But when you go to like cars. No, 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 mate. That's not how it works in cars, you know. <laughs> I can't remember actually any real war stories, but we've done a lot of racing together over we, the years. Mate, we would have. We in in junior nothing club, bad though. In, no, we may have like you know just just a few touches, but mm. nothing. Uh, no, nothing spilt over into the pits or anything nah. like that. We were always we were always pretty good, considering the amount of racing and close racing that we did with each other. Yeah. Um, I think we came off pretty good. I think there's there's always a couple of drivers out there as you come through, even in cars, that for some reason you've had run-ins with them. Yep. You know, you always end up side by side with them on the track, and you'd like you've made a mistake and hit them a couple of times, and you know they've hit you, and for what you just you end up hating them. But yeah, <laughs> I, I used to always butt heads with Jace Lindstrom all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just chat to him now occasionally, and it's all fine because we're all grown up and mature, but. At the time, we used to always find ourselves on track, and it never used to be clean for some reason. Yeah, you always have those guys. It's not nothing personal, it's, and you don't mean it to happen, mm. but you just end up. Yeah, it's just the way it is. But no, I think me and Tony, we were we were pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're okay. We're okay. Well, look, I love that we started. Uh, we started this conversation in the current times. We've ended uh, back when you guys were because uh, they're the best times. <laughs> they that's, when, that's when I was. That's when I was winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, Taz, you're a winner in our eyes, and we want you back at the racetrack. We want your dad back at the racetrack as well. So keep tearing those houses down um, well, and and make it happen. I'll try and make. We've still got. We've still got our transporter, which is an old. Um, Peter Brock transporter, and that's another thing. Dad's like, because a few people have said, "Have you got your transporter? Can we? Buy? They you know they want to buy it or whatever." And uh, Dad's like, "No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it back to the Peter Brock colours and with the mobile one on the side." And Jack Perkins, he's got us some old photos of it. Oh, perfect. So he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it up back to that." And uh, righto, what when you're 200 years old, he's got all <laughs> these projects. He thinks he's gonna live till he's 200. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I've got, yeah, I've got that there. So. If I come across a, a bit of money or if somebody wants to give me something to go racing, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. We couldn't uh, we couldn't think of a better way to spend your cash if there's any sponsors out there uh, looking for a larrikin to uh, pedal around a car and uh, have some good old lols, then uh, Taz is your man. Taz, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, mate, and we will talk to you real soon. Thanks, boys. Cheers, mate. See ya. And awesome to talk to Taz Douglas. Absolutely one of my favourites. And uh, you might have noticed that I watched. I did try and wrap the conversation up, Tony, but he, <laughs> he kept going. And like I was, I was honest. Like you could talk to Taz for ages and ages and ages. Always got a tale to tell. Yeah. Uh, such a such a great lad. And um, we hope to see him back at the track sometime soon. Maybe. Yeah, we do. But uh, it was great to, to catch up. Um, as he mentioned in the chat there, you know, he's certainly not bitter or twisted about not racing at the moment. He's, he's content and comfortable in his own skin and, uh, probably because he's been through so much in his life. So that was a really good chat. And like you said, we could have gone on forever. I think that was probably the one of the longest chats that we've had, but it just, it just sort of kept evolving. So good times <laughs> and good memories. And he can definitely spin a good yarn. Yep. I'd say the one thing that has always got my goat with Taz if there's mm -hmm. anything is that he downplays his own 
skills, his own talent. For sure. He always, you know, had, and he even said it in a couple of times there where he'd, um, where he'd say that he didn't have the skill or he wasn't at the level of, mm. of that person or comparing himself. And I thought he was, he, in all the junior formula that yep. he did, he was always able to compete against, against the best guys. So, yeah. um, and when you compare it to other teams where they had professional outfits running their cars, you know, Taz all of the time did it himself. Uh, with his dad or, you know, his family. Mates. Yeah, and mates. So maybe on the driving side, you know, his focus wasn't always on that. Um, and some of these other guys, you know, they're just pure race drivers. Um, that's all they thought about. That's, they went to bed. They, they got up in the morning thinking about it. And that was their full focus. So um, I agree. Taz definitely downplayed his abilities because I've, I've raced against him all my life and I know what he's capable of. And... Any driver at the top level will never ever put a, a de- um, will never put any doubt in anyone's mind of their skill level, even if they don't believe it themselves. They'll always say they can do it. Yeah. So uh, maybe that was something that uh, held him back a little bit. But anyway, great to chat to him today. Yeah. No, I like I his it. honesty though. His honesty is the best. Okay, so. Now we go into our brand new section. Now, having spoken to one of the former future young guns, let's talk to an actual real young gun. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, this is called We Spoke to Them Before They Were Famous. And Tony, you have spoken to... have. Louis Sharp. So we mentioned him last episode on Parked Up. Uh, he's got Fabian Coulthard in his corner and Repco and DJR Team Penske, and they've just started a new program where Fabian is actually going to mentor Louis uh, through the different stages of his career. So I thought, well, let's, uh, let's get him on the phone and see what he's up to and see what the future holds for young Louis. You ask the questions, I'll press the numbers. Let's talk to Louis. All right, so a new segment on Parked Up. We spoke to them before they were famous, and today we are talking with Louis Sharp, a New Zealand carter, who is getting a little bit of assistance from Fabian Coulthard, my teammate at DJR Team Penske, uh, and a little bit of sponsorship from Repco. Louis, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, you've just come back from rugby. Is, is that your second passion? Uh, yeah, so racing is definitely my main sport, but um, I've got a couple others, so it's probably rugby, then I also do a bit of mountain biking and skiing. Okay, very, very active, good. Now, today we want to talk about how the arrangement came together with DJR Team Penske, Repco and Fabian, and what that actually means. Is, is Fabian, is he going to be you know, telling you what to eat on a weekend, or is it a bit more uh, full on than that? Um, yeah, so I think he's going to be like my mentor, so for like racing and just giving me tips and helping me out quite a bit. Obviously, uh, everything's been parked up for a little while with the COVID situation, but New Zealand's done such a fantastic job that you guys are going again. You're, you're, everyone's working and all the sports are coming back. Have you been back in the go-kart since? Yeah, I've been a couple of times. Um, we had the first race meeting back last weekend, which yep. I went pretty good. How did that go? But, uh, yeah, I've had it. Uh, went really good. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I won overall. I won three out of the five races, and I finished second in the other two. So it went really good, and we've done a we've done a bit of quite a bit of practice already. So yeah, it's gone good. 
So, Louis, I've done a bit of research on your career, and at the moment, you've got more New Zealand titles and series wins than Fabian and Scott put together. Is that true? Uh, I actually haven't really checked, but... Um, oh, I've done yeah, my I've research, mate. Quite, <laughs> I've been quite fortunate with um, how my career's gone so far, and um, yeah, I've just been working really hard and just yeah, staying on top of my game. Yep, and a little bit of overseas stuff this year and Formula Ford. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so um, this year we're going to go back over to Europe. So we've got the uh, FAA um, Trophy Cup, which is – so I think we're going to spend about three months over Europe and over in Europe. So um, wow. the first round on that was going to be um, back in April because of COVID. Um, it's had to be moved. So I'll be doing that, and then also we're going to be doing quite a bit of racing in Aussie as well, which will be heaps of fun. Okay, and Formula Ford too? Uh, yeah, so um, we're going to, I'm pretty sure the first, uh, second weekend of the school holidays, we're going to go down to Highlands and do quite a bit in the Formula Ford. So we're just going to be doing quite a bit of practice and maybe the odd race meeting as well. Have you driven a Formula Ford yet? Um, I had a go uh, like last week, but um, yeah, it turned out the best. But oh, right. I'm sure we'll be getting better. Yeah, they're quite different vehicles to drive, obviously, than the go-kart. You've got three pedals to contend with and blipping on the downshift and a gear lever. and But awesome cars to drive. They move around quite a bit. You learn a lot of racecraft driving the Formula Ford. So that'll hold you in good stead. But what I really want to know is what's your end game? Are you going to be trying to go overseas to try and get into Formula 1? Or are you looking at supercars in Australia? What What's your, what your goal? Yeah, well, um, Formula One definitely is like the main goal. Mm-hmm. But um, to be honest, anything like V8 supercars would be great. Like racing Le Mans or IndyCar, that would be amazing as well. But at best case, um, definitely Formula One. Jeez, high high goals here for Louis. Well done. <laughs> I like it. Who's your favourite driver? You got to say Fabian, by the way. <laughs> yeah, V8's definitely Fabian. Yep. Um, and also Scott McLaughlin, but Formula One, probably, I'm not too sure. I quite like Carlos Sainz and Sebastian Biddle. Yeah, there's, they're two drivers that uh, have got a huge amount of runs on the board. So you're not uh, yeah. you're aiming very high, which is awesome to see. I think you've got the right people behind you, uh, especially Fabian. I've obviously worked with him quite a bit, and he mentors me in many ways as well on a race weekend. He's got a lot of experience to offer. So I think that he can... He can really help you and guide you in your career. And I think the main message here is if, you, if you've got any questions, you know, ask the guys around you like Fabian and, you know, even the team at DJR, they can really try and shortcut that curve for you in the racing scene because there's so many different options. And as a young driver, sometimes you can go down the wrong path and you can add a couple of years to your career. So if uh, you're guided well, you'll be uh, in Formula One before we know it. So thanks very much for joining us today on our little podcast over here in Australia called Parked Up. And Louis, I really wish you all the best in the future. And then when you're a Formula One champion, I can say that I spoke to you before you were famous. Oh, okay, thank you for having me. Good to chat to young Louis there. He's obviously got uh, massive aspirations there to get to Formula One. And uh, let's hope he can achieve that. He's got a big schedule ahead of him this year. Yep. And 
That almost brings to the end episode 14 of Parked Up, powered by our great friends at Race Fuels. But I feel be- like we haven't mentioned Race Fuels enough today. No, I think we mentioned Race them Fuels. a few times. Race Fuels. Okay. Just, uh, do we have a quota that we have to meet? Yes, I, five. I, I didn't, uh, I wrote the contract and I don't know if that was in there. <laughs> okay. So what we are going to do now is just give away a little prize that we put up on our Facebook page. Of course, it's facebook.com forward slash parked up podcast and this week we had two posters we had Mm. a tcr poster and an s5000 poster and today i'm going to give it away to a fella called chris mills chris has said on our parked up podcast facebook page that he wants to put these uh posters in in his uh local slot car track and let people who don't have enough money to go real car racing look at some real cars now i'm going to put a little disclaimer in here td yeah chris and i actually went to school together right uh in in early high school actually was when i first met him we got to hang out for a little while and we always had a common interest of of race cars and and those sorts of things we actually did some slot car racing against each other as well we got along famously back in the day so uh, he was one of the first people who started um, conversing with me about the uh, parked up thing where he might have been one of our first fans inaugural um, fan <laughs> yeah so now he's a part of a uh, exclusive <laughs> about 10 other fans but no <laughs> no we got we're doing well tony well um, last episode was a record yes big big numbers yep. big numbers yep. so parked up is going well so we thank the likes of chris for yep. uh for listening in and uh we're going to reward him with a couple of posters Perfect. and you can check out our facebook page this week for the chance to win something else which we'll come up with have you got anything you want to give still like the jacket that you got on my jacket. Yeah, I reckon you got no, to give that away. This is keeping me, bro. It's like June, and we live in Melbourne. I'm not giving away any jacket. Okay. When we get to uh, say November, December, let's talk about it. All right. Now, what I reckon, though, I think for this week, I'll try and find something at my house. I reckon I've got plenty of memorabilia or something I can give away. Cool. Okay. Well, make sure you look at our Steph will be wrapped. <laughs> get rid of some car racing go. stuff. just make sure you check out facebook.com forward slash parked up podcast for all of our links and Mm -hmm. giveaways and pictures of us two just hanging out just doing stuff yeah get it get involved guys we want to hear from you we want to interact we want to know who you want to chat to who who you got in mind for next week well but when we talk next week we're going to have we a round of kidding. the supercars championship under our belt there will be real racing that we can talk about should we don't we... need to talk about like the 1994 oh, bathurst no. 1000 or anything we should we just ring fabs now oh I'm fabs it. for the victory wow well, you know, i've got to say that but yeah i'm calling it now <clears throat> well look it's why hard. don't we do that now your prediction for next week I reckon Shane Van Gisbergen will win. Well, last time they went to... Is it because he's Garth Tander races with him? (laughs) We know how much you love Garth. No, no. Last time they went to Sydney Motorsport Park, Red Bull Racing absolutely creamed him. Now, I know that was different circumstances and it was under lights. I'll tell you why. there was a whole bunch of other things going on. Why did they win? The Commodore, the ZB Commodore was racing against like a 1984... Falcon back then, basically. That's how old the Falcon was. The Mustang's actually never been there. Right. So now we're going to have the Mustang at Sydney Motorsport Park. Mate, 
I won't say which way we we uh, we went. Okay. And so, who's your smoky as well? Who's the guy who's going to pop up and uh, offer a surprise at Sydney? Oh, that's a real tricky one, but I'd be interested just to see how James Courtney goes. Oh yeah. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan. Like I'm putting it out there, he's not my best friend. Oh. But I'll be interested to see. Like no no testing, straight into it. Not a lot of practice on the weekend. Uh, it's yeah, it's going to be a, a tough ask for him. But it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Okay, I reckon my smoky will be Chaz. Hard to say that Chaz Mostert is is much of a smoky. Like the guy has mm. won a hundred thousand races and Bathurst one thousands, and you know he's he's kind of done it all. But easy to forget that he's just switched from yeah. Tickford over to Walkinshaws. They had a pretty good Adelaide, and they've been working pretty hard over the over fast. this break as well. So he was really fast Adelaide, and he's obviously got Adam Debore with him, engineering him. So. You know, those guys know each other really well. They've raced at Sydney Motorsport Park in the past together. So Adam will know what Chaz needs from the car. So, you know, I think uh, they'll be out the front no matter what. Well, the big winner, I reckon, will be the sport. Yep. We're going back. Real car racing. Real car racing. Should we get sit on a couch and watch it? Yeah. Should we have like a little party? 1.5 metres away, though. Okay. Yep. Let's do that. We'll have the nachos in between us. Yeah, well, that's right. not that's not really COVID friendly though. Right. If we can have both have our hands inside the no. Dorito bowls, we do it all the time anyway. Anyway, if, if I get it, you're going to get it. <laughs> if you get it, you can stay away. Thanks for listening to Parked Up, powered by the Race Fuels. We'll see you next week. See you later.